Hi there everyone and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. To my left is my co-host Mr. Felipe. How's it going man? All good man. Hello everyone. Yeah. We've, um, we did a gig yesterday didn't we? It was the album launch for Jack's new album, uh, The Hammer Falls, which is out now. On all, uh, Well this might be in a, come out in a month, so it'll have been out for a month. But, <laughs> <laughs> but The Hammer Falls by Jack J. Yeah. Hutchinson. We've both done some writing on it. We've both produced the album as well, so go out and check that. And we had the album launch show last night, didn't we? Which was really, really cool. Really cool gig, yeah. The yeah. Tour Academy in Islington. Yeah, London. big gig as well, yeah. Yeah. Very, very exciting gig. But yeah, that was good. Yeah. Woke up this morning. Um, we're going to start the episode in a different way. We're not going to crack yeah. a beer because it's a bit early. There's no beer. It's a flea paste. It's of... not because it's early. I, I drink <laughs> beer in the morning. It's just, you know, so, it's just because, uh, uh, you know, when someone works really hard, they deserve holidays. So I'm giving my liver a break for three weeks. <laughs> so uh, Felipe's liver's on a break. He's going to have some nice filtered coffee. So instead of cracking the beer, we are going to filter the coffee. Oh, there we nice. go. Yeah, that's and now you pour it. Oh, this is the first time Felipe's seen a cafetiere. So this is yeah. an interesting <laughs> he was like, experience. My wife bought him the coffee and he was like, What's well, this thing? I usually, yeah. How's I, it work? I usually just buy it at the, uh, you know, at the cafe. Don't need to worry about Felipe it. Felipe thinks Costa make coffee, which no, they do. Don't. <laughs> yeah. they no, they're just watered down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all anyway, right. We won't Cheers. get political. Start the episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for this episode, we're going to be doing an album-specific discussion, and the album in question is... Felipe? The Machine Head by Deep Purple. Oh, yes, yeah. One of my all-time favourite rock albums. Um, what about you? I think it's my number one album to listen on the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he doesn't mean on tour, he means just in road. a car. Yeah, it's in the car <laughs> or in the mega bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, what an album. You wanted to say some things before we... Just sorry, just to say, before this episode, you know, there's only seven songs on the album. So we thought we'd talk about all of them. Not, yeah. not sort of deeply talking about which scales they use or anything, but we want to give each song its due because yeah. they're, they're only seven songs. The album is only 37 minutes long. But my God, you get what you pay for. Exactly. What an album. I mean, it's, it's still uh, um, Deep Purple's uh, best-selling album. Yeah, most And famous. it's the album that actually defined what Deep Purple is for most of the fans. Because if you listen to uh, everything they released... If you listen to what they they've done uh, in the eighties and nineties, what they've done, not whoosh, the the, the last oh, yeah. last last album they released, what an album! It's fantastic, but it's totally different. Everything they do is very different. Each album is very unique, but Machine Head define what Deep Purple is for the general public. Yes. When people who are not big fan of Deep Purple think about them, they're going to be thinking about Highway Star, Smoke on the Water. Exactly. You know? yeah. That's what they they. They think Deep Purple is, and it's it is, yeah. That's those songs. They uh, define Deep Purple better than any other songs, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and it's the recording is amazing, great quality. The playing the album is just perfect, you know. Did, so, you, did you want to talk about the recording process? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do want to talk about it. Actually, this is brilliant. From, I found this out yesterday. This is brilliant. Yeah, and. Um, interesting is I got notes today. So usually Lars got loads of notes yeah. and I just wing it. You know? We found ourselves in a position, <laughs> we found ourselves in a position where 
we we weren't expecting to have this time this morning. So last night, about <laughs> four a.m. on the way back from the gig, I said, "Should we do an episode tomorrow?" Yeah. He was like, "Yeah, why not?" And so I was like, "Well, what album do we both know inside out that we don't really need to do much research on?" Yeah, but I, I did. Like, I did my no, research. no. But this is it. So I was driving. We drove back from London. It's about two hours to my house, and Felipe's on his yeah. phone doing the research. I was like, "Hold on, so, that's yeah, what I do." <laughs> expect nothing but professionalism. Oh, you know? only the best from this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's their sixth studio album. So they yeah. they were established already you know uh, uh they were not like a, you know up and coming band people knew who they were you know fairly successful uh respected as musicians and as a band so this album was recorded in december 1971 in switzerland and was released in march 72 right so how did they record it they've used a mobile studio so they hired like yeah. i don't know, i don't want to say a caravan but Something like truck. that, yeah, a truck or a trailer, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's a deep, uh, it's um, sorry, not deep, it's Rolling Stones Mobile Studio, um, and it's kind of a famous one. But basically, just to give an idea, do you know who recorded with that studio? Hmm. So the Rolling Stones themselves, they did sticky fingers on that studio. Oh, wow. Led Zeppelin three and four were recorded oh, with that. Really? Yeah. Wow. And you know. You know, Led Zeppelin went to specific places, you know, uh, mansions and houses to record it, but they were bringing the mobile studio. Because bands, they had this idea at the time, like, well, we want to have a an, a creative environment. Yeah, That's something, to be honest, it, it's missing nowadays, isn't it? Um, so most of the classic rock bands, they would go to a place and spend some time at that place and, and create there and record. The thing is, most studios... Um, the same way they work now, they had they had at the time, you know, business hours. Some yeah. students would work from nine to five, and that's it. Also, you pay a lot of money to use studios, <clears throat> and you know, that's an important factor, right? Well, I was reading. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> so I was just to say that I was reading one of the sessions for Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. Started at seven thirty in the evening and went on till eleven a.m. Mm. So Sergeant Pepper, the Beatles are established by this at this point. But still, the money to get into Abbey Road is expensive, and if you yeah, can, you're going to make money, it. Yeah. You're going to make it cheaper. You're going to keep your your overheads and your your costs as, yeah. as low as possible. So even the Beatles, at arguably the height of their career, were still going in to do the night sessions at Abbey Road. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because it was cheaper. Exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. So what people, uh, what the Stones came up with was the uh, um, a way to record stuff uh, with the same quality, regardless of the place you are. Yeah. So very, and, very and then uh, imagine so you're hiring the mobile studio for a month, so you're paying for the month, so you don't need to to think about oh how many hours I'm going to be using this studio because the studio yeah. is a truck. So they wanted a place. So the concept for the album, this is really important. The concept for the album was an album that sounded live. I actually have a quote from uh, Roger Glover here. He said, "To look at this guy quotes, oh, brilliant. brilliant. Like, I'm so I'm proud of him. Look him. <laughs> <laughs> right." Roger Glover said he, they wanted to make a studio album under live conditions, almost like a live album without the audience. Okay, that's and really you interesting. Can, yeah, you can see that. You can hear that in the album. It uh, is there. Yeah, I mean, I think for songs like <clears throat> Highway Star and Lazy, do you know what? That, that quote's kind of threw me, actually, because I didn't know they went into that with that idea. And I can hear it now for things like Space Trucking, Highway Star and Lazy. But songs like Never Before and Maybe I'm a Leo, they're very, very well done, aren't they? They're, even for a mobile studio, the songs are really, I don't want to say polished. It's not like they've overproduced it, but they're tight, aren't oh, they? Oh, they're tight because they were, they were playing really yeah. well. The they time, were on, were they? they on tour? 
Uh, they they usually recorded albums in between tours, so the band okay. was really tight. So they probably just come off a couple of months yeah. of playing live together every yes, night. Yes, exactly. Which explains it was the in between tours. Yeah, in between yeah. tours. Well, one other reason they went to Switzerland is if they recorded the album in Switzerland, they would pay less taxes. The taxes in the UK were clever guys. Yeah, yeah <laughs> insane at the time. So yeah, it was clever. But basically, the environment was a big thing for them. So they started recording at a place called the Casino, which is surprisingly a casino um, <laughs> in Switzerland, Montreux. Yeah. I hope my French is not that bad. Montreux, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what happened at the casino? Lars knows what happened at the casino. I do. So should we get to that and smoke on the wall? Or should we just talk nah, about just tell that? Yeah. So Frank Zappa, one of my favourite artists and the Mothers of Invention that were his band, they were playing. I think they had a residency at that casino. They were. I think they were on every night for that week. Um, I think it was the last show of their run. And as per the lyrics, some stupid with a flare gun burned shot the place, burned the place to the ground, literally. Um, he shot a flare gun inside this hotel. And I read this morning a quote. Frank Zappa was on stage and said, guys, I don't want anyone to panic, but fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is not, yeah, but fire. fire. And, so, and yes, everyone was evacuated. Um, <clears throat> I read that there were a few people who were trapped in... The basements, and they might have been staff, so they were going down to get, I don't know, more yeah. drinks or more food or whatever. And because the emergency procedures were initiated, the lifts were locked and all this, they were trapped in the basement. But the fire uh, brigade came down and wow. saved them from it. But um, yes, yeah, so they were in Switzerland. Um, what were they doing there? Well, uh, what the deeper, yeah, they were recording, so they came specifically they came to specifically, Switzerland, right. They were not yeah. touring Switzerland, they came for the recording because they of the brought taxes. The, the stones, yes, because of the I taxes, see. okay, and because they wanted that specific environment where they felt like we have a stage, yeah, and we have the like the facilities as the, if we were playing a gig. I see, okay, they cool. wanted that specific live music environment, the sound of a live venue, yeah. you know, of whoever recorded albums in the past or, or at some point, you know, live music, if any musicians are hearing this, you know, that having a big room gives you a big sound. It's a specific, you know, it's something that you might be looking for. I, I love recording drums in big rooms, you know, so it's yeah. it, they, they wanted that kind of live vibe for the album, but yeah, without the casino. Uh, they tried to, to, to move to another place, which was called the Pavilion. It's a local theatre. Uh, but <laughs> um, that's what did I think. Did someone burn that yeah, down they too? Did, no, <laughs> no. That's why they recorded Smoke yeah. on the Water, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> the neighbours were complaining about the sound levels. Oh, no. Yeah, you guys are too loud. So then they had to move again. So they moved to the Grand Hotel. Um where they actually finished the album and they were running out of time. So, you know, Smoke on the Water's uh, uh, lyrics are all about that. The story has been told a million times. We're yeah. just telling it again because why not? Uh, but yeah, because they were running out of time because they needed to leave Switzerland. They need to return the, 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 the mobile studio to the Stones, you know. So the lyrics, like, Swiss time was running out. That's yes. not about people running out of time for the fire. That's about why they were there. Exactly. Wow, so it's more than just about the fire. Exactly. It's like, know. yeah. Then they went to the hotel and it was cold. They mentioned that. It was cold because the, the hotel was closed for winter. I don't know why. Maybe because it's too cold and people didn't want to be there. Yeah. So they had the whole hotel for themselves. Brilliant. Run the cables from the truck all the way to whatever they were recording. So uh, really cool stuff. Uh, so cool. there is, there's everything about 
about rock and roll in that story, isn't yeah. it? You've got Fire, <laughs> you've got Frank Zappa, you've got Deep yeah. Purple, Rolling Stones, the Casino, yeah. a Hotel, the Rolling Stones, <laughs> mobile recordings. Uh, it's like, and, and running out of time. Yeah, that uh, is rock it's, and it's roll. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. We, we can end the episode there. Yeah, the Machine it. Head is rock and just, roll. Just yeah, listen goodbye. to it, yeah. <laughs> well, we don't need, that's an album you don't need to justify why it's part of the Long Live Rock and Roll oh, podcast. Oh, no, no, yeah. It is a it's rock like, and roll It's rock and roll through and through. <laughs> Um, which yeah. is the only thing else you want to say before we go track by track you know let's go track by track cool. right. so track one is the famous Highway Star yeah. um, I love this song honestly and do you know what I think I wouldn't like the song as much if the solos weren't so good um, for me the solos do you know the it. first time for all the geeks out there the first time I've heard this song was when? in a game called Rock and Roll Racing what? Oh my god! It's a, it's a game <laughs> where basically you you drive these insane cars, futuristic cars, yeah. and you can shoot the other cars and, then, <laughs> and explode. It's really cool. And Highway Star is uh, the soundtrack. Well, they had like I think it was about four songs. There's uh, Peter Gunn, there's Paranoid, um, Highway Star, and Born to Be Wild. So, oh my god! Yeah, there's only four, and it's MIDI, of course. Yeah. Super Nintendo. I right? don't think. Um, oh, that I, was the first, so. That was the first, one of my first rock and roll experiences <laughs> playing rock and roll racing. That kind of marching snare yeah. at the beginning. So wow. I don't know if there are four better <laughs> songs you could associate with no, rock and roll and driving. Exactly. So that's the whole. <laughs> but that's so, a great song. I mean, the 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 thing about the song is it's a long song as well, which I find really interesting. But I think the solos extend it a bit. That really dynamically low intro that just builds up and up and up and up until you hit that first verse and Ian Gillen's vocals come in pounding. Um, it builds it, up, doesn't it? Yeah. It literally builds up. And I think I think there is a subgenre of rock and rock and roll that I've heard used called driving rock. And I've seen numerous... <laughs> it's the kind of CDs you see in Sainsbury's and Tesco's that they're selling, the 100 greatest driving songs, songs for when you're on the road... And Highway Star is always one of the first five. Oh, got to be in it. it you, with you, Born to Be Wild. I, I will admit, <laughs> I often maybe do 10 miles an hour over when Highway Star comes on, because how can you not, you know, when I'm driving? <laughs> um, but anyway, musically, my the thing I love about this is the solos. Um, Richie Blackmore and John Lord. So Richie Blackmore's the guitarist. You might know him from doing work with Rainbow as well. Um, John Lord, uh, the keyboard player for Deep Purple. I mean, we said in the Emerson, Lake and Palmer interview that John Lord is uh, interview uh, episode that John Lord is up there with rock and prog rock's best keyboard players. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is uh, uh, as I said to you, just the very existence of him is rock and roll. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I saw him on stage. It was my my first ever gig in my life, nineteen ninety nine, Deep Purple in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, wow. and I saw John Lord. It was like. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's <laughs> here. He's in front of That's, me. Yeah, is <laughs> man is 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 the most rock and roll keyboard player yeah. ever. It's amazing. It's noisy, you know. Uh, but again, classical music background. Both him and Richie Blackmore. So the solos. Here's the thing: is a rock and roll song about driving a car, you know, and you know, uh, meeting your girlfriend, what whatever. And it's uh you have a classical song. Yeah. <laughs> How cool is that? We think, very cool. we, we, we do think that, uh, you know, like in heavy metal music, it's very common to have uh, classical music references in the solos, uh, but that wasn't a thing. Uh, Back then. Yeah. yeah no, you're right. I was actually you know? just going to say something like that about the fact <laughs> that the solos he, were play he was playing, I mean, 
Jim Page wasn't really doing that kind of shreddy stuff then. I'm sure no, there he were would a few do the classical them. acoustic. Guitar, yes, yeah, but, but not, not, not not that. Shredding. I mean, that part in the yeah. Highway Star where he goes, <clears throat> excuse me, he goes down, 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 down. The little, 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 that part. Yeah, that sounds exactly how it is. Last note. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. with the distorted <clears throat> guitar and the amplifier it's coming through, it actually sounds heavy metal. It sounds like the inception of what we know to be kind of heavy metal soloing. But I think if you if you um, dissect it and bring it down to a piano, it could be a piece of a Bach piano concerto. There you go. But Richie Blackmore and John Lord were both very classically influenced, weren't they? they Which is were. what we also said about Keith Emerson yeah. uh, two episodes ago. Um, there, uh, there's, there's one interesting thing about the song as well. Although it has that part that was clearly written because guitar and keyboards, they do the same phrase. They do, yes, yeah. So... That's classical music. They've got they've got the first, I don't know, 12 bars is their own bit, and then they do that other bit. That's the same yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And some of the phrases they play at the same time as well, I guess. Uh, here's the thing as well. Uh, I think the most rock and roll thing about this song is how they've written it. So they were, okay. they've written the song on a tour bus. Let me check. Oh, here. yeah. you yeah. got to tell this story. This that was brilliant. in 1971. <laughs> they were going to Portsmouth. And they had a reporter with them who asked, so how do you guys write songs? And Blackmore said, oh, I'll show you how. Picked an acoustic guitar and starts strumming a G chord. Just that, just one chord. And Gillen started singing on top of it. Oh my God. And they wrote the song on the way to the gig and they've performed the song at the gig. Yeah. One I mean, thing. I don't want to know if it was a sloppy. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, they they finished That's the amazing. song. I read that they finished the song in sound check, and it's then they played it. At the <laughs> yeah, that is like, rock and roll. That is rock and roll. So, but that's uh, how rock and roll works. We've been in the scenario where we've been on tour, and Jack's come to us and he said, "Hey guys, I wrote a song this morning." We're like, "Fine, let's jam it." And then the next night, we've been playing yeah. it at sound check. This is how it works, you know. These great songwriters like Ian Gillan and Richie Blackmore, you know, this is how their minds work. If if they come up with an idea, they're not just going to say, oh, "I'll wait till after the tour and get home." Let's do it now. Let's like, do it now, exactly. Like, There's no schedule in it. It's yeah. not, it's not, you don't have to, to, to program things like that. You can, you know, let the inspiration flow. And that and that, that's part of the, the, the musical freedom of rock and roll, isn't it? We keep talking about this. It's like, what do you want to do? I want to do this. Is this rock and roll enough? Yes, because I want to do it. Mm. Whatever you want to do is rock and roll. So, uh, so yeah, amazing. What, what a song. Actually, I, I, I'm starting a new segment now. That's it. I just decided there's a new segment. In Here the we show. go. We have a new segment. See, Please that's introduce rock and roll, it. Isn't it? That is rock and roll. <laughs> Little just came up. Felipe, introduce is, our new segment. Um, is how much rock and roll is that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna measure the level of rock and rollness. Okay. Right. I'm gonna introduce it then. This uh, this new segment is how rock and roll is that. Cool, go for it. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, so have we got to rate things, right? Yeah. Okay. It's out how of rock- ten, okay, I think Highway Star is twelve out of ten in rock and rollers. Yeah, okay. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should make it bigger. Maybe it should be out of a hundred. So we can be more specific. I think writing one of Rock's greatest songs in the tour bus on the way to a show and performing it that night. That's a that's a I mean, that's a ninety three out of a hundred. I okay, think. Okay, okay. Hey, what are you thinking? 
120. I think, yeah. And I'll say, no, I'll, I'll say 100. This is your segment, so you decide no, no, the final it's, number. No, let, let's, let's get you, let's say 95. 95 yeah. out of 100. That's how much rock and roll and Highway Star is. Take notes of that. We can, uh, at the end of the year, do our list of <laughs> yes, the most yes. rock and roll songs and why. There <laughs> you go. Excellent. Well, one more thing I wanted to say about Highway Star that actually will come up later in the album is... The introduction to the world of rock and roll, well, not introduction, it had been done before, but the um, effect, impact, and execution of Ian Gillen's screaming. Oh, wow. Um, so we all know the chorus. I love her. I need her. You know, just belting out those high notes. She's slightly better voice than that. Oh, uh, yeah. no, not slightly, a lot better. Um, <laughs> the um <laughs> But that was something as well. You know, we, we, we know that Deep Purple... They're a rock band, but they've also been labelled as hard rock. And with the likes of Led Zeppelin, they have been labelled as the pioneers and innovators of what we know as heavy metal today. Yeah. And what we do know about heavy metal, or I don't want to say a large majority of it, but a, well, a, a, a large chunk of heavy metal involves screaming and shouting and you know loud, aggressive vocals. And you don't have to look much further to the inspiration of that than than Ian Gillan on Highway Star. Yeah. Um, another song that we'll put in the playlist is Child in Time because he does some incredible screams and vocal notes on that. Um, but Ian Gillan's the man, isn't he? He's what a singer. I mean, technically, <clears throat> he was way ahead of most rock singers at the time. He had theatrical experience as well. He did uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. the original one. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Was, he was proper you know, professional singer who joined that rock band. He knew yeah. what he was doing. Uh, yeah, so, and, um, yeah, his vocals are flawless in the whole album, really. Yeah, yeah, so, true. let's move on to the second song. Cool, so second song, we have Maybe I'm a Leo, um, which, it, it it changes the tempo of it. You've gone from the really, and then you're going... Well, the fastest song in the album is Highway Star. Yeah, so it's all slow from there. It it slows down to Maybe I'm a Little to a certain, like, ridiculous level. I find it really interesting. It's a very bluesy riff, isn't it, that starts the song? Yeah, yeah, it is very bluesy. But there's a funk feel behind that, isn't there? The drums, you can't give credit. Talk to us about the funky drums. Well, Well, talking about Ian Pace, isn't it? He was one of he was literally my first influence as a drummer. I still love him, and every time I listen to Ian Pace, I'm amazed by his drumming because yeah. he was a heavy hitter like any rock drummer should be, but with a light touch in between the heavy notes, just like John Bonham used to do as yeah. well. But Pace was even more into jazz drumming. Big fan of of the Ben Goodman Orchestra with uh, Gene Krupa on drums, so he used to listen to that on the radio. And uh, and play along with it. Oh, cool. So he was a jazz drummer playing rock, and he had a light touch when when needed. But he could be a heavy hitter, and he had a massive influence of funk drumming as well. Yeah. The well, interesting thought... thing about the, yeah, the, the is this song grooves like probably more than any other song in the album. Agreed. Yeah, I the, started with drum feel. I was just gonna. One yeah. thing I wanted to add to that is that despite everything we've said, the funky. The groovy, which again puts us yeah. in that funk element, it's quite aggressive. I think of the part towards the end of the song where he's like, "Maybe I'm a Leo," yes, but that's it rock, still yeah. has elements of rock in it. Oh yes, yeah, so they can't, yeah, they can't get away another from stylistic thing that I noticed that I've got written is that the key solo in it. I was trying to analyze what I would describe it as, and I've actually thought that the closest thing I could think would 
kind of a soul and R and B key solo. Whoa, the, interesting. The, yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing it I'd swings, expect. Swings, doesn't it? Yeah, Ray Charles to play on his piano. Yeah. You know, so incredible. You got funk, rock, and in my opinion, some soul and R and B. So is it uh, on uh, a groovy track? And the main riff is syncopated. So for for those of you who are not familiar with the term, um, syncopation means when you mainly playing the offbeats. That's a very Simple yeah. explanation of it, but uh, so the riff doesn't start on beat one, yeah. It starts on the offbeat, yeah. so that's really, really cool stuff. So you have some drum fills leading to the beginning of the bar, but then they don't start the riff, yeah. You've got to, you know, you take a breath and start the brief uh, the riff, uh, immediately after that, that, that break. So it's really, really cool stuff there, uh, you know. Swings and it's syncopated. It does, yeah. I just don't know what to say about the lyrics. <laughs> What's that? What the lyrics are all about? No idea. No idea. It's, like... it's not about a hotel burning down. I'll tell you that. Um, should we move on to yeah. um, track three, which yeah. is "Pictures of Home," which might be my, one of my favourites in the album. I think for me, what the song "Black Sabbath" did for Black Sabbath, as in stamp their authority on. Okay, we've created this new genre and it's called heavy metal. For me, this is, um, like I said, people have associated Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin with the innovation and pioneering of heavy metal as we know it today. Pictures of Home, for me, is Deep Purple's um, stamp on metal because I think there is that drum intro, <laughs> that, that in itself. That is metal. But the riff as well. Um, the, the, the dissonance. So for, for anyone who doesn't know musical terms, you have two terms. You have consonance and dissonance. Consonance is when you hear two notes either played together or one after the other, and it's pleasant to listen to. Dissonance is the opposite. It's where you hear two notes played together or one after another, and it makes you go, ooh. Yeah. Like you th- dissonance is the first two notes in the Black Sabbath song, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Dun, dun. Dun, yeah. It's horrible, yeah. and they do it here where he's like pictures of home. Yeah, with the vocals. That's it, and it's, it's very dissonant, and it makes you oh, you know, it's nice as a as a product, but it makes you go oh, and that to me is a characteristic of metal yeah. dissonance and not being pleasant on the ear. Yeah, because the the lyrics are describing a very disturbing situation, and I think the guy's isolated somewhere, feels like a prison, something like that. Yeah. And it's, and he's thinking of home or whatever. I think that's what it is. I yeah. might be just guessing, but it's uh, uh, it, it is disturbing. You know, the interesting thing about the song for me is everyone gets their solo in that oh, song. Oh yeah. If yeah. you consider the drum intro as a drum solo, which for me it pretty much is, but he still has one halfway through. He does that snare. Yeah, but that's just a roll, isn't okay. it? Kind of a yeah, build up. The beginning yeah, yeah. is like just drums. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. it's loud and busy. Uh, Ian Pace actually, I've seen one of his drum clinics on YouTube, and he was saying that. He had to come up with a, a variation at the end of that phrase because no one could guess where the song actually started. <laughs> it was a really complicated yeah, phrase. It and he was like, no, I'm going to play four as next. One, two, yeah. three, four. And then you start. Because you need to give the guitar players a cue because they're too dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then, That's um, coming from a bassist and a drummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, he, he gets that solo. And um, there's obviously guitar and keyboard solos as in every song. And Roger Glover does his only solo with Deep Purple, I guess. Yeah. Should we take time yeah. to introduce another new segment there you go. so we came up with this this morning or Felipe did and the new segment is called We Need to Talk About
what this segment is going to be is it's going to be praising the unsung heroes of rock and roll. So, for example, in this album, we've already talked about Ian Gillen's vocals, Richie Blackmore's solos, John Lord's solos, and Ian Pace's drumming. Make no mistake, Roger Glover is up there as a bass player with those four guys in being uh, uh, as good as them at their instrument, uh, at his instrument. Um, and funnily enough, I mean, I don't, th- I love the pictures of home solo, but that's not the best bass playing on the album. Um, his melodic playing in Highway Star is wonderful. Um, his groove and his ability to, to, to marry the harmonies of the chord with the rhythm of, of the drums in Lazy yeah. is wonderful, but we'll get to that when yeah. we get there. Roger Glover, hats off to you from a bass player. You make the album. If the, if the bass was any different or or less notes being played or different notes, I don't think it would be as good. Everyone has played their part on this album, um, and Roger Glover, you don't get as much praise as perhaps we think you should. Um, yeah, so I this mean, is for you. Well done, because it's I, incredible I'm, bass playing. I'm pretty sure he had uh, a massive role in the production as well, because he's a music producer. He produced other bands after uh, leaving Deep Purple. And um, it's, it's like... You, you don't you don't mention him. That means he's doing a good job. If you don't notice yeah. a bass player, they're That's doing it. a good That's job. It. And the image I have of him, first time I saw him, uh, you know, when I saw Deep Purple live, it wasn't wearing any shoes. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, like I'm saying, man, you're gonna hurt your feet there. And 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 a, and, a, and a hat looked like a farmer. You know what I mean? Like. And that's who he is, like yeah. playing with a plectrum all the time. Oh, so yeah. that's a very uh, strong characteristic for, so of his sound. For bass play, or for people listening about bass playing, bass is typically played with your fingers. Um, I say typically, you know, it's probably a 50 well, 50 split I, nowadays. But yeah, back then, in the 70s, the bass was quite prominently played with your fingers because you'd come from playing double bass and you wouldn't use a pick on a double bass because the, yeah. the, the, the strings are just it's too thick. Right bass, yeah. So when they invented the electric bass in 1956 uh, or two, oh. I don't want to get that wrong as a bass <laughs> Six player. Or two. Yeah, um, the, the strings are too th- <laughs> were too thin for picks at that time. So people played with the fingers and like I said, the translation from the upright bass. So... Late sixties, early seventies, you got people like Paul McCartney and Roger Glover introducing, not not introducing, but pioneering, innovating Making what you can popular, do on a bass guitar yeah. with a pick. And all you got to do is this entire way start to hear incredible bass playing with a pick. So and just yeah, just one more thing about Roger Glover. Uh, everything he plays sounds simple, and yeah. that's essential to the band sound because everyone is playing too many notes all the time, <laughs> yeah, and it sounds musical. But if you don't have one guy in the band, at least one guy, keeping it together like, guys, I'm going to play do 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 all the way to the end of this song yeah. because you guys are overplaying. And it just, you know, balances out. It, it marries perfectly, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Cool. Thank you, Roger Glover. That's the end of our first We Need to Talk About. Hopefully there'll be many more. Um, <laughs> let's move on to track number four, which is Never Before. Um, what do you want to say about this song? Help me now. <laughs> yeah. Please, my friend. But isn't it, that's really interesting because I've got here... The most on my notes, I've noted this as the most accessible song on the album. And yeah. I think it is a pop rock song. It is. It was released as a single, but yeah. I don't think it was a hit. So interesting thing is, I, I say that this song, um, I feel sorry for the song. Why? Because it's in an album with Highway Stars and Walk on the Water <laughs> and Pictures yeah. of Home. So it's and lazy and it's not and space trucking. Exactly. It's not as heavy and you know as the other ones. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like it belongs to the album as much as the other ones yeah. in a certain way yeah. and it's so pop it yeah. could be it could have been recorded by any pop artist I'm not joking no no you I know, agree with know, that yeah, that extent. could be 
Um, it's got also quite funky yeah. places as well. Another, yes, the way another it's funky. If you just take the composition in terms of uh, uh, melody and lyrics, that could be a pop song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it could be a Beatles song. It could be a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it could true. be anything. That's true. Yeah. yeah. If you do a Motown arrangement for that song, it would work. Yeah. If you do a Little Richard arrangement for that song, it could work. It's got a beautiful lo- melody. Got a yeah. lovely bridge as well. We were listening yesterday, and we said it's um, kind of Pink Floydy that bridge. Yes. Isn't it? Very because it's atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah, and it changes tempo. It starts slow and then goes double tempo, and on that bridge, it goes half tempo again. Yeah. So it changes a lot, but it uh, the melody still connects all the parts. It doesn't sound yeah. complicated. It's not an easy one to play. I used to play that song. Believe me or not. Do you remember we, 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 uh, what episode was it? Was it the Jimi Hendrix episode where we, we listed that Felipe has been in a Pink Floyd tribute band, a Creedence tribute band, a Hendrix, Hendrix tribute band, band, and now... And a Deep Purple tribute band as well. That's it. That's There's it. no more There's tribute no more. bands. No. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to track five, which is the famous Smoke on the Water. Yeah. Now, I've listened to this album and this song for years and years. My dad probably played it to me when I was like six or seven years old. So I'm very familiar with it. Only after listening and doing the Dire Straits Brothers in Arms album did I realise how, I suppose the word is essential, Smoke on the Water is to this album. And I said to Felipe yesterday, I was like, man, I I can't stop but making the comparison that Smoke on the Water is money for nothing of the Machine Head album in more ways than one. It's accessible. It's a rock song. It's not poppier than never before, but it's a song that everyone knows. It is the staple song of the album. Yeah, you, it's the staple song of the band. Deep it's, Purple, Smoke on the Water. I think it's one of the most famous songs. Yeah, ever. ever. Yeah, yeah. It's not only rock um, song. I think the comparison I've made with Money for Nothing and the riff is there as well because the guitar tones are pretty similar, and even the riff to an extent has the same feel about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, not much to say about Smoke on the Water. It's wicked well, yeah, song. Well, just, well, just a, defi- a rock, a genre-defining song. Yeah, what I would say is that the intro is quite interesting because you have the uh, the guitar doing that classic riff and they build up. The way they add the layers to the song is just perfect. Yeah. Before the vocal comes up, uh, Ian Pace is just playing the hi-hats and it's very funky. So it's guitar, guitar then they add the hi-hats. Then hi-hat. just hi-hats. Then snare and bass... If not at the yeah, same time, yeah. it's near then the bass, and there's so you you have pretty much everything but the kick drum. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Ian Pace doesn't play the kick until the very last round, yeah. and then the vocals come in. It's great so, arranging. Yeah, it's just, yeah great building arranging. layers. It, it feels like they it feels like they're rehearsing it. It's like oh, what do we do now? Yeah. Oh, let's add this. Let's add that. And it's simple. I think the the most of the melody runs over one chord uh, for the whole verse. And then, what was interesting is we listened to Made in Japan. Uh, which is the live album that came out after this album. And he changes the riff when he does it live. Yeah. Which I found fascinating because it's one of the world's most famous songs and he does a variation on it. I don't know if it was that famous at the time, though. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. just released that one. Rock and roll is musical freedom. So there you go. Um, Do you you want to say any more about Smoke on the Wall or should we move on? What is to say? We told the story. We did, yeah. We all love the song. Um, The penultimate song of the album, track six, is Lazy, which is might be my favourite of the album. Um, It's got one of of the best lines in the list. Yeah. Uh, with Lazy I almost feel that there's a few things it's almost like the song is in two parts I'll give you my quick little analysis on it it's in the the feel never changes the idea the the, the idea behind the song and the groove and the, the feeling never changes but you have two sections for me 
before the vocals and after the vocals. Before yep. the vocals is out and out jazz. It's you can jazz. hear the hi hat like that. The the keys are very jazzy. Yeah, there's blues elements as well. The bass again very jazzy. After those first few solos, when the vocals come in, for me it changes to being a blues song. Gillan's vocals are very bluesy. You've got the harmonica solo after the first verse. And the drums just change up a little bit, don't they? They do, yeah. Whereas it's in the first half, groovy. they're jazzy. They're more groovy and bluesy and rock yeah. and rolly in the second half. Yeah. What do you think about the song? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's uh, exactly what I would say about it. It's a jazz, blues, heavy song. Yeah. That's what it is. So uh, at the end, they even do a blues turnaround. Oh, yes, yeah. It's like pro- they, they, they quote in the blues, really, yeah. look, this is blues. And uh, then you can. The interesting thing is that you can hear all the influences of of, of them as as musicians in there. Yeah. Um, apart from the classical stuff, that's not present in this song. No, it's definitely more of a jam than yeah. an organized solo, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And they play that song live for you know over ten minutes and yeah. it's improvised a lot. It, it it does feature loads of improvised bits, and the lyrics are just fun, isn't it? Oh, I mean, what's your my favorite, favorite line? I, I love this. If you're drowning, you don't clutch no straw. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's just that the, the lyrics. It's just two verses, I guess. Yeah, you know, you're lazy, just stay in bed. You don't want no money, don't want no bread. Like it, it's brilliant. It's one of those songs where you think that the lyrics were probably the afterthought. <laughs> I think it was like, "What are you gonna? You lazy, not writing anything. Oh, I'm just gonna write a." a, a, a Lyrics yeah. about being lazy. Maybe that's what they did. I, will, I don't know. I want to shout about the harmonica solo as well, because I think it's just fantastic, because we haven't heard harmonica in the rest of the album, and out of nowhere, after the first verse, this yeah. solo comes in, and it just takes you by surprise. And like I said, harmonica and jazz, I wouldn't put them together, but there's a way that they make it work on yeah. this song. You have your jazz with the rhythm section. You have your blues with your vocals and your harmonica but the whole package together is still rock. Um, yeah, but exactly. But that's a song. That's the only song in the album that makes me feel like I'm, I'm in a in a club or pub in Soho and there's a local yeah, band yeah. playing the background. No, I agree. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool that's stuff. Brilliant. Anyway, time for the final song of the album, which is Space Trucking, which for me is another kind of um, uh, homage, not homage, um, another one of, like Pictures of Home, I'd say it's another one of those that you could say, ah, metal because the riff is very, very heavy. You've got some very heavy, distorted synths. Um, he screams a lot as well in it. So. I think there's no way um, for a keyboard sound uh, uh, to sound more rock than that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just so distorted. It's, it's like It's almost like a guitar. It's aggressive, yeah, it's, very uh, much so. Yeah, so everything in that song is heavy, there's a, the, the one thing I compare it to is there's a song by the band called, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's got a keyboard solo like that that's very aggressive. We'll put it in the playlist. Um, and yeah, but it's, it's very, um, oh, like you said, distorted and aggressive. It has the power and it packs a punch more so than the guitar on this track, yeah. I think. And the lyrics are silly, are they? <laughs> yeah, God. they are stupid. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's all I've got written here. The metal influences, the hard rock, his screaming, and the, the use of the big synth, or the big the big synth Probably usage. the heaviest song in the album, isn't it? It's a good way to end an album. 
I think it's this is what comes to our debate about, aggressive. yeah aggressive fine yeah I'll agree with that yeah. um, I'd say yeah I'd say lyrically in terms of darkness and content I'd, I'd go with pic- <laughs> well, I'd say no pictures <laughs> of home talk, yeah. I'd say pictures of home yes. is darker but this yeah this is heavier and bigger um, and, and yeah more aggressive <laughs> more aggressive good way to end the album yeah, so you have the fastest song at the beginning of the album and the most aggressive one at the end there we go yeah. and then everything in the middle is just a beautiful concoction of funk blues pop jazz yeah. anything you need if, yeah if, what if, an album yeah if any of you guys listening to this haven't heard the album yet what, what are you doing stop listening to this right now go listen to Machine Head <laughs> uh, if you we'll heard playlist. the album a few years ago have another listen yeah, to it exactly. because... you never not want to uh, listen to it what an album we're going to do the playlist where we put the album in the playlist and we'll put some associated songs in so for example we'll put in the live version of Highway Star from Made in Japan because that's another level as well Richie Blackmore and John Lord their solos on that live version are out of this world and I said to Felipe yesterday you hear parts where Richie Blackmore makes mistakes. He he doesn't get the picking right. You can hear he's he's just for just two beats. He's gone. Screw it. I won't play. I'll just wait for the next section. But that doesn't matter, man. That's rock and roll it's a through and through. The performances on that album. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> this will be, this will be albums, Machine yeah. Head Plus Made in Japan. No, yeah. We're, yeah, we're not going to review not Made now. in Japan. But go and listen to it. We'll put some of the if there's a song from. Made in Japan, from Machine Head, played on Made in Japan. We'll put it in the playlist, and we already mentioned Child in Time, so that will go in there too. But, man, any final thoughts on the album? Uh, God, I don't know. It's like go listen so to good. It. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's one, I of, think, one of the best rock albums ever written. I agree, sure. and I think, for me, the reasons why is because we've spoken so much about musical freedom, and I already spoke uh, this episode about people like Zeppelin and, and uh, Deep Purple's influence on harder rock and heavier metal going forward. But the same way that with people like Clapton and Sabbath, you can see where their blues, uh, where how they use their blues to make rock. I think the fact that, like I said, we just listed it, the funk they use here, the blues, the jazz... This is what they've done to make their version of rock and roll, and yeah. it has been executed to perfection. Um, I, I don't, I never skip a song. There's yeah. no need. Why That's don't you? Like every song is is a barn no, burner. No fillers. No fillers. Album. Just killers. Yeah. yeah anyway, what a way what to end it. Right. Uh, oh, we got oh one segment. There's one. Segment. We do. I'm yeah. going to test Felipe's lyrical knowledge about the album. So we've got four examples here. Oh um, shit! We're just. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to test Felipe's knowledge. So this is Guess the Lyrics. So uh, here we go. For examples, if you're doing it as well at home, keep score. Uh, lyric one. Wish that she was here. I wish she'd hold my hand. Maybe I'm a Leo. Well done, well done. Number two. I was hurt when I was younger by a woman who was cold. Never before. Wow. Number three. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. Okay. Um, uh, no, no. If you're drowning, don't clutch the straw. Yeah, I mentioned <laughs> you that. You can have that one, one. Yeah. yeah. Three out of three, well done. Uh, number four. The fireball that we rode was moving, but now we've got a new machine. Space trucking. Well done. I, I trying to. I thought I might have got you. You might have thought that was yeah. Highway Star. Yeah, no. Um, here of my own making, year after day I have grown. 
pictures of home. Well done. Yeah, Fuck five yeah, out of five. He's yes. done it. He's done it. Well done. Um, excellent. Is that all we've got to say? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. It. Well, let us know how you did at home, and if you uh, if you got those lyrics too. There's only seven songs, and the lyrics. Are, that was, that was, yeah. yeah, the lyrics are <laughs> the way we remember how we spoke about Dire Straits and the the. Um, the depth of the lyrics. Yeah. It's not the same for this album. We'll, we'll be <laughs> honest. This album's about the music. But, um, but yeah, anyway, what an album. Well, well the lyrics are about uh, driving fast. Yeah, driving fast, hotels burning down. Girls and, and beer. It's always, it's always about... Uh, not earning enough money, just staying in bed. Yeah. Um, wanting, yeah, pictures of homes deep, though. The lyrics on that yeah. are good, yeah. yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We've had a great time on this one. Do you know what? I've actually enjoyed that we just spoke about the music and I didn't do sort of so much research. Oh, so shall we do that from time to time? I'll do the research yeah. and you can just have fun. Because <laughs> we'll I've been it. having fun in every single episode because I don't do any research. I leave out it to you. <laughs> nine out of ten episodes, I'll do the research. You do one out of ten, all right? How good it is to be Felipe for a day, isn't it? <laughs> Great. I'll play the drums at the gig tonight. Yeah, you don't yeah. have the hair, though. Uh, <laughs> no, very much not. Anyway, yeah. guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as usual, please find us on the socials, on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Long Live RNR Pod. On YouTube and Facebook, you can search the Long Live Rock and Roll Podcast. And we're really putting a lot of effort into the YouTube, with, as you can see if you're looking at this now. Uh, we're filming everything we do and we're splitting the segments up. We're trying to make our YouTube look really professional. So please head on over, hit subscribe, and every segment, every episode will be available to you to, for you to watch a few days after the episode is released on your podcast providers. Apple Podcast and Spotify users, we really appreciate you giving us a rating and leaving a review because every good review we get, actually it doesn't even have to be good, every review we get. <laughs> yeah, every, just, say, just say, the show is shit. It still helps yeah. <laughs> because really. if there's a review, it means we're being viewed, we're being listened to and we move higher up the charts. If someone searches rock and roll, we're going to be in the top 10 hopefully with well we deserve to be well yes right. I think so I think uh, so yeah. but yeah well, that, thanks so much guys we had a great time um, and we'll wait for the comments to do the next episode yes thanks for being with us again and keep on rocking everyone and as usual take care guys and long live rock and roll <laughs>